the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. And that's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we hear the final message in the series called A Church for Real Life. And the vision is one that has the potential to impact thousands of lives right here in San Antonio. This is the mission and the responsibility of the church, which is you and me. The vision for a church for real life depends, though, on followers of Jesus stepping up and taking ownership. The message today is part two of Now What? What do we do with this vision? You're going to hear the rest of the vision from Pastor Sean for River City. It's time for Radio for Real Life. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, meekness, self-control. I mean, just think of those first three, love, joy, peace. Do you think we could use more of that in the world? Love, joy, and peace. Stop and think about that. You don't even need to go far. Just think about your Thanksgiving table. How great would it be if everyone around your Thanksgiving table next week is filled with the Spirit and therefore is exhibiting the fruit, the natural byproduct of the Spirit-filled life, which is love, joy, and peace. Maybe some of you wouldn't go, oh, Thanksgiving. I'm thankful on Thanksgiving because it's only one day. You know, it's sad, but a lot of people feel that way because, you know, we, we hang out we, we, in our families, our friends, our circles. We have broken people, lost people. Well, that's the good news. The good news is that we have an answer. Imagine more people filled with the Spirit. Let's go beyond our Thanksgiving table. Experience people walking in love and joy and peace. Imagine the difference in your office, in your neighborhood, your neighborhood association meeting. Think about people really filled with the Spirit. Imagine social media. Wouldn't social media be different? People just filled with the Spirit. And what was coming out was the fruit of the Spirit. That's our mission. I think it's worth giving our lives to. Imagine more people living a life that God created them for instead of just kind of burning time, trying to make enough to get through the week and then enjoy a little bit on the weekend and then do it again next week. Imagine people living the life of significance and meaning that God created them for. We all could list people right now that we love and care about. We just go, man, they're so sad because they're not living the life that God created them for. Imagine them living that life. That's what a church for real life is all about. Imagine more people caring for one another, loving one another, really walking in community. See, that's what the church is supposed to be. We are supposed to be the model of what God designs for relationships. The church is supposed to be that model of committed, loving relationships, not perfect people, not a place where, where it's all utopia and roses all the time, but where people really love each other and care for each other and walk in community together. Imagine more people caring for one another and loving one another. Imagine more people caring for the poor. I mean, yesterday was just a little glimpse of what you can do when you care for Imagine more people following Jesus and taking up his call to care for the poor. And not just give money, 
But imagine that we're talking about taking the poor into your community and so that they, they now learn different life skills. They now have a network of people to help them. They now t- totally change because of the community that God places them in, and they become life-giving, contributing, multiplying followers of Jesus. Imagine if we could, I mean, I, don't, I think about this. Th- think about if we we're serious about reaching people for Christ and those people follow Jesus and loving one another, being filled with the Spirit, caring for the poor. What if we could actually statistically see the number of people in poverty go down because of more Jesus people loving and caring for and helping to rebuild lives of the poor? That's the mission of a church for real life. And I think it's a mission worth giving your life to. I think, this, I think a church for real life is a vision worth giving your life to. And so this morning, as we wrap this up, I want to extend an invitation to you with three questions. First, number one, will you own the vision of a church for real life? Will you own the vision? I hope you can see the difference we can potentially make. But, but owning the vision is making it your own. Okay, It's our church. It's our mission. It's not Sean's. It's not just the pastor's. It's not just the elders or maybe the leadership. Okay, It's all of ours. My question is, will you make it yours? Will you dive in? Will you commit to the vision and say, I'm, I so believe in that. That's my vision. I want to see that too. I think that's what Jesus wants for the world. I think he's what he wants for this fellowship and this community, and I'm a part of it. So I think that's what he wants me to be a part of. Commit to the vision. Will you get off the bench? And some of you, the step, some of you, a practical, tangible step is you need to become a member. You need to actually quit being fearful of membership. Ooh, oh, I can't become a member. I don't know what they do in the kind of the vigil that you have. Is it a hazing process? Or what? It is three hours with Willie and I, so I'll give you that. But we bring great snacks, so, you know. Yeah, see, it's, it's, you're so easily bought. Way to go, River City. Love you guys. But maybe some of you, you need to just take the step of membership. You just need to say, you know what? I'm going to quit messing around and I'm in. Because, you know, it's the difference between, between being a consumer. Because some people, go, when they first come to the church, and when you first come to the church, you know, it's okay to come and say, hey, I want to see what they have, see what they have for my family. And that's cool. That's absolutely fine. But to stay in a consumer mindset is not right, and it is not good for you, and it is not good for the fellowship. And you can always tell when someone's crossed the divide between consumer, almost customer. They see themselves as a customer, and, and then they've become an owner. You know, it's just like they switch sides of the counter. And, you know, any exchange, the owner has one perspective, the customer has another. And, you know, you can tell when someone's made the, the leap from customer, consumer, over to owner. Because, one, their, their verbiage changes. They stop saying, you know, the way you guys do things around here, and they start saying, the way we do things around here. Subtle little change, but that's one of the big ones. I, I love when that moment happens. The first time a new person, they've been around a while, they've been hanging around, and they, they start talking about, you know, well, the way we do things around here, or, you know, I was noticing the way we do this. Is that, is that the best way we could do it? And whenever someone talks like that, my ears perk up, and I'm like, ah, there's an owner. There's someone who gets it. They're, they're part of this. And then there's a, the person who's not is like, well, well, I don't like the way you do things around here. Or I, I do like the way you do things around here. And they're on the other side. And, you know, it's amazing. Two people can bring the same observation, even a negative observation about how we do something around here. And the person who says, I don't like the way y'all do this around here. 
And that's kind of my response. I won't, I'm too mature as a pastor to actually do that to their face, usually. It's when I turn and walk away, and I'm just, you know. I'm sorry, what? Praise the Lord, what? Hallelujah. But, but when an owner comes and says, you know, I'm not, I don't like the way we do things around here. I think we can do better. Now my ears perk up. I'm like, okay, because that sounds like someone who sees something and is willing to help be a part of helping it be better. Because there's lots of things we can do better. But the difference is night and day. One person's an owner. One is not. An owner's too busy rowing the boat to rock the boat. And you know, when I talk about rock the boat, I don't mean just kind of having critiques. I'm talking about making trouble kind of stirring up things, always critical, always, you know. An owner is rowing. They understand, and they have a totally different perspective because they understand what goes into what's happening. And so they view it differently because they're an owner. An owner is truly committed. They're truly committed. And that shows up when somebody inevitably says something stupid that offends you because you got a bunch of people, we're all just people. It's going to happen owners go, I got a lot of skin in the game here. I'm, I'm, I'm here. So I got to work this out. We, well, what does the word say? I got to go talk to them. We got to figure it out. We got to say what's going on. We got to forgive, ask for forgiveness, work it out, and then walk together because we're committed and this mission's worth it. And I own the vision. Whereas consumers just go, well, I'll just go consume somewhere else. And I just want to say, if you've been around here a long time and you're still a consumer and that's your perspective, the minute someone offends me, I'm going to go consume somewhere else. Would you just go ahead and do that now? I mean, no offense, or maybe, yes, maybe offense, I don't know. You know what I'm saying. I, it really, if, if your deal is, I'm never going to be in on this, I'm never going to be, be an owner, I'm never going to buy into this vision, I'm just here for what I can get until I feel like I can get it somewhere else, um, man, we could use your seat, you know, for someone else. And I hope that's not your, your spirit with which you're here, but it becomes, it's real clear when someone becomes an owner. So the question is, will you own the vision of a church for real life? Because I think a church for real life is a vision worth giving your life to. Second, will you invest in the mission of a church for real life? Will you invest in the mission of a church for real life? I mean, take a look again at the master plan drawing we showed you last week. I want to break it down a little bit more and show you a little more what we're thinking. We got those diagrams? Yeah, here we go. There's the, there's the whole campus. And we, we own this campus, folks. This is us. We bought this thing for less than the, the price of bare land. You know, you've heard the story, I'm sure, I don't need to go into it, but God gave us this. And you might think, how weird that we have a big old amphitheater. That big old amphitheater is probably why we got it so cheap. There was a seven-year deed restriction on any kind of ticketed concerts. Nobody else would buy it. Nobody else would say, hey, we'll have a church and then look at an amphitheater for seven years. But we would. We don't care. (laughs) What do we care? But we think there's an opportunity there. We think God was doing something beyond just giving us a cheap piece of property. We think he had a bigger vision. And we believe he gave us this property. And so this 110 acres, actually you don't even see the little disc golf course over here, but this 110 acres of property that God gave us. We weren't looking for 110 acres, but he opened that door for us. This is the central area we are. This is the building we're sitting in right now. Here's the pavilion where we do the hour after and all of that. Great, great facility. We're very happy. Um, But we envision one day, if we actually do our job of more people living in real life by passionately following Jesus to uh, building a, a larger worship center. And so one day we will build a larger worship center. That's the place we envision because we have a plan for the, uh, the, the amphitheater that we want to be able to access it for. 
Okay, so we envision building that there, but that's not first. That's down the road a, a, a bit. Th- these two things right here, those are children's ministry wings. And God has been, such a, been doing such cool ministry with our children's ministry. We are coming, kids are coming out of the woodwork here at River City. And by the way, if you need me to tell you what causes that, I can help you with that. Because we got lots of people figuring that one out, okay? Praise the Lord. It's wonderful. Be fruitful and multiply. And River City said, yes. God bless America and River City. We want to take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the pastor of River City Community Church, in this message called, Now What?, which is available right now on the sermon page in a series called A Church for Real Life at reallife.org, where there you can even watch a video podcast of this message and series. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. And now the conclusion to the message, Now What? This is Radio for Real Life. Seriously, how cool that parents with small kids have come to love this place and, and trust their children and the, the spiritual mentoring and pastoring of their children to us. That's awesome. And so these we need soon because we are dying for space for kids. And that's a wonderful problem to have, but that's a, a matter of prayer that we need to go to. Okay, so that's what we hope to see. Let's take a look at the next one. I, I don't need to talk a lot about this, but you guys know the potential of our sports fields. We already have on this side the, uh, I, the Randolph, Greater Randolph Area Youth Soccer Organization uses those fields, doing great things. On, on weekends where they have host tournaments and things, we can sometimes have thousands of people there. Many of them have no relationship with the church, none at all. We've had people come to the church because of that. On the other side is the Northeast Vikings. That's where they're meeting right now. And this is what we envision as an unbelievable outreach opportunity for us. To not only ask the community to come and be a part of us and worship with us, but to say, hey, we got a gift for you, and it's this great sports complex that we, we want to make available and that we want to have for the community. This is a school campus. We don't need to talk a lot about this, but how cool that we already have a space. Our school doesn't need to worry about buying property. River City Believers Academy, a great school that we have. Uh, this is, this, these buildings here, I, I think actually this thing, they took San Antonio Christian's campus and just kind of had an outline of the buildings and just put it there just to say, this is what the school could do and you have plenty of space for a school. Okay? This athletic building, we see great potential for outreach and even for uh, helping to pay for facilities because between sports fields and gymnasiums, things like that, uh, the rentals and possibilities, there's great possibilities to help pay for some of this and to help just generate revenue there. Now, the amphitheater, I don't know if you've been in there, but it's all sloped. It used to seat 8,000 people undercover and then 12,000 on the hill. Well, we think if we raised up the whole back area, okay, this whole back area, it's massive, by the way. You could put multiple basketball courts. It's huge. 
Multiple of these buildings would fit in the back of the, of the amphitheater on that, what would become a huge outdoor plaza. And then the front becomes a smaller 3,000-seat amphitheater that we could rent out, we could utilize for functions. Again, there's possible revenue to help pay for facilities. But imagine an outdoor plaza. And really, that's what you have to think of, because it really is under that massive amphitheater. That is an outdoor plaza where, get this, in the summertime in South Texas, we could have outdoor events that are in the shade. Go figure. No, I'm talking about big events. Thousands of people. And we can put them in the shade. What is that worth? And it's already sitting there. Our architects had another cool idea that I thought was pretty awesome. I didn't even ask them for this, but they did it. That's a baptistry. But all during the week and other times, it's a beautiful fountain. This is a kind of neat little area where people can hang out, sit, read, and just congregate and talk. But then we can have baptisms there. And that's all in just one small area under that huge amphitheater in the back. We see unbelievable potential in all of this. And God gave it to us. And let me just tell you the the reality. Thanks, guys. We don't have the option of just saying, gee, I hope somebody does something with this. Okay, it's exciting what God gave us. It's exciting the possibilities. I love the master plan that our architects and our leadership is kind of, and this is just a 10,000-foot view of what could be. Um, But we don't have the option of just saying, gee, I hope somebody does something about that. Because... God gave it to us, and he called us. And anybody who looks at that knows, wow, that's going to take millions of dollars. And that's where everybody goes, oh, God, oh. I hope his next words are going to be some huge foundation is going to give us all those millions of dollars. <laughs> Please understand, I haven't given up hope, but no, I don't, have that, I don't have that to share with you today. No, basically, we're going to be responsible for that. Understand, the good news is, let me give you the good news and kind of give you some relief there. Um, This property that we're enjoying now took millions of dollars. And God took a much smaller group of people and empowered us to be able to do this. And he really blessed us. And there's a group of people who invested so that we could be here, so that we could build this building, so that we could own this property. And I just want to say, folks, um, when I ask, will we invest? You know, we talk about time, talent, and treasure, right? Right? question is, will we serve? Will we roll up our sleeves and serve? And then will we give? Will we invest resources to do this? Because at the end of the day, it's our vision, it's our mission, it's our responsibility. And I guess my question is, you're going to live for something, why not this? Why not live to do something like this and give something like this to our community and let our legacy, you know, that's a 20-year vision we're looking at there, but let our legacy be that we gave this rapidly growing northeast corridor of San Antonio. We gave an unbelievable gift to the kingdom of God. We saw thousands of people come to know Christ, walk in the Spirit, begin to live full of love, joy, peace for the kingdom of God. You're going to live for something. Why not this? I guess you can probably figure out, I think a church for real life is a vision worth giving your life to. I've given mine to it, and I don't regret a day of it. Last thing, and I'll wrap with this. Will you live and share the message of real life in Jesus? That's the last question. Because it's all awesome, but none of it matters if we aren't committed to sharing the kingdom of God, right? Is it, we, we don't need any more for us. You know, 
yeah, we could convert, do a youth center, and maybe do another children's building, and then where we are today, we'd be okay. We're okay. But it's not about us. The question is, will you live the message of real life in Jesus, and then will you share the message of real life in Jesus? That's the question. And I, you know, we've talked about that for the last few weeks. Our group, our community group, had a good discussion after last week's talk about sharing. And uh, we started talking about how when we share, we just feel this pressure. We want to help our friends who aren't yet Christians. We want them to know that Christians are normal. Okay? Like, where would they have gotten the idea that Christians aren't normal? You know, and there's this little pressure. And, and most of us understood that and felt a little of that sense of, okay, I just want people to know Christians are normal. And, and as we talked and shared, I, I was listening, and, you know, I kind of got this sense that that's the last thing we need, really. I understood it, and I've even, you know... I've even been there. But I don't know that the world is dying for normal. I, I think the world needs to see the power of Jesus Christ manifest in believers, and I don't think that's normal. I don't think that's normal at all. I think we need to quit being so worried about being normal and acceptable to the world. I, I don't care if the world finds me acceptable. See, I think there are people with hungry hearts. I think there are people with hurting hearts. That when they see the power of Jesus Christ and they see something real, they're desperate for it and they want that. That's who I care about. And I want to I see people. I, I don't care so much if, by and large, pop culture thinks we're hip or cool. That's a little bit ridiculous worrying about that. That's a wee bit junior high. No offense to any junior hires in the room. Pastor Sean loves you. Some junior hires in the back going, no, no, he's right. It's pretty you know, cutthroat over there. But you know what I'm saying? What the world wants to see and what they need to see is the real power of Jesus Christ, and they need it to be real and authentic because then they realize it could be for them. And so I think that's what we need to be thinking about. How can I share this? In Acts 4 and 5, there's kind of a cool thing in those two back-to-back chapters in the Scripture. In it, Peter and John are arrested twice. For their question twice because of ministering and speaking in Jesus' name. The power of God was revealed. They gave credit to Jesus. They said this is about Jesus. Then they got arrested once. They healed a paralyzed guy, got arrested, and then released. But do not speak in the name of Jesus. They did. They get brought back. Same thing. And this time they get beaten. And the first time they are ordered to stop speaking in Jesus' name. In Acts 4, 19 20, they said this, but Peter and John answered them, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak what we've seen and heard. <laughs> and so they go out and do it. And then when they brought, are brought back in again, Acts five twenty nine, they say, we must obey God rather than men. You see, they were under orders to share what they had seen. The only thing they've been told not to do is not to speak in Jesus' name, not to preach about Jesus. And they said, we can't. It's not just that we want to. God told us to. We were told to be his witnesses. We were told to share this. We are under orders to share what we've seen and what we've experienced in Jesus. And I want to say they were under orders, folks, and so are we. We've got to decide if we're going to be serious about that. We see what happens when the church stays quiet to appease the crowd and just seem normal. Yeah, not much. That's what we've been doing for the last 30 years. And look at where it's gotten us. I say we stop worrying about 
what people think of us. We stop worrying about whether or not we seem normal and start worrying about are we actually a a community that is walking in authentic, spirit-filled power. Because I think that's transformative. I think that'll change lives. So will you live and share the message of real life in Jesus? Now, here's something that I think can be really helpful in that, okay? Uh, Jonathan Shepard, who is uh, our art director here, he did this purely for his own kind of Christian journey. He made these little cards. He's an artist. He made these little cards, and each one was a handmade little work of art, and he would just leave them somewhere, give them to someone, and just, here. And it's something they could put up. It's kind of cool-looking little thing. Uh, I, I saw those, and I saw Jonathan's own personal thing, and I said, oh, yeah, that can't be personal anymore. We all want those. you got to make those for all of us. And he's a good guy, and so he did. He made this, this fear not, for I am with you. You are handmade. Jesus loves you. Do not lose heart. And on the back, they all just say, to find out more, go to reallife.org. Just a cool thing to hand. To, to, uh, it's a help to begin sharing. We've got those available out in the foyer. They're on some of the tables. I want to encourage you to take a few of these. Share them. This whole thing depends on us. Our whole mission depends on us sharing the message of real life. A church for real life is supposed to go viral. We started the year by talking about a plague. They talked about how the New Testament, the religious leaders said the Apostle Paul was like a plague to them. And we said, I'd kind of like to be a plague to the purposes of the enemy in our world. Wouldn't you? And so at Church for Real Life, for that to happen, we've got to share. We've got to decide that this is ours. We're going to give our lives to it, but we're also going to share it. Church for Real Life is a vision worth giving your life to. Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Radio for Real Life, and if you'd like to hear this full message called Now What? or this whole series, it's available right now on demand when you find a church for real life at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, with service times on Saturday nights at 5, Sunday mornings at 9.30 and 11.15. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Radio for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church. And we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.